I'm reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. And everyone went into his town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Have you ever received an unexpected gift? Be thinking about that. The other uh, afternoon, it was a couple of weeks ago, uh, we're getting ready for bed at my house and I go around as usual and I'm making sure all the doors are locked because safety is important. And so uh, I go around and I look out the front door and there's something outside of our front door. It's a big plastic bag. And so upon further examination, I open the door and I take a look and it's a real Christmas wreath. And I go, Keaton, did you order a Christmas wreath? And she says, no. And so I go, well, either someone has has accidentally left this wreath at our house or either the wind has blown it over here, which seems very unlikely. And so she texts our neighbors and she says, hey, were either of you expecting a Christmas wreath? And they say, absolutely not. So thank you, whoever it is that dropped off a Christmas wreath at our house. I appreciate if you left a note, it it totally went away. But man, what a great unexpected gift that was. There's such joy that comes whenever we find and we experience and we get, we receive these unexpected gifts in our life, right? Like it's just joyful. Well, good morning. My name is Hunter Upton. I'm the associate pastor here at Getwell Church, South Haven. Uh, so delighted that you've joined us for worship, especially if you're our guest this morning. We're continuing in our sermon series this month and all throughout this Christmas season where we're looking at these songs that we find, uh, these, these bursts of joy uh, that, that people have uh, at the birth of our Savior when we're looking at them in the book of Luke. Uh, pastor Jonathan kicked us off with uh, Mary's song of praise. Uh, after she had found out that she's going to have Jesus, God's very own son. And then last week he shared the good news from Zechariah's prophecy, uh, where we look at this wonderful peace that we're going to receive because of the birth of Jesus. And what we're doing as we dive into each of these songs is we're looking at and finding the truth of the good news, the truly good news that we receive uh, with Jesus coming to earth. So, Let's go ahead, if you've got your Bible or a device that you read from, uh, let's go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2. That's where we're going to be this morning, Uh, Luke chapter 2. Thank you so much, Kim, for reading uh, kind of the the build up to where we are in our text today. Uh, But we see Joseph and Mary, they've traveled uh, from Nazareth down to Bethlehem because of this census uh, that uh, has been ordered. And what happens when they're in Bethlehem? A baby is born, right? It's a joyous time. So let's see what unfolds next. Luke chapter 2, and let's start reading in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left and had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told uh, them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So these shepherds, uh, they're there and they're watching over their flocks uh, by night. They're protecting them and it seems like it's just any other night. Uh, and yet, suddenly, out of nowhere, there are these, there's this angel of heaven that appears and the glory of the Lord is around it. And they announce this, this, the greatest news in all of the history of news. The longings, the desires of Israel and ultimately of the entire world were finally being fulfilled in the birth of this baby, Jesus. You see, the entire Old Testament, all the way up to this point, from Genesis chapter 3 on, had been pointing to this moment that should happen. Jesus will be the answer to humanity's sin problem. And this distance uh, that, that man has with God will now be bridged because of God's son, Jesus. Now, these shepherds, they're not just any old shepherds. I think that a lot of times we, we think they are, but uh, they're not just any old shepherds who hear this good news. They're raising these lambs, uh, these lambs that would be used for the Passover celebration along with other Jewish celebrations. Uh, but they have to be lambs without blemish. These are very specific lambs that are being raised. Now, the Passover celebration in particular was a time when Israel celebrated God passing over because of the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. You may remember this story uh, back in Exodus. Uh, but before they're able to leave Egypt, it's the 10th and final plague. God tells them to put the blood of a lamb over the doorpost. And then that night, the Spirit of God will pass over their homes uh, and won't uh, cause them harm. And so that is what they celebrate, that God's deliverance, God's remembering, God's uh, remembering of the blood that was shed uh, because they did deserve God's judgment as well, but yet they didn't because of the blood of that lamb. Now, the ritual, it calls for a lamb without blemish to be sacrificed. And that's all part of the sacrificial system that God had set up for worship uh, of him that he had established with Israel. To have a life uh, forgiven uh, of sin, a life had to be given, blood had to be shed for you to be able to enter back into a right relationship with God. And so the problem is, is that in that setup... <laughs> 
When you sin, you go and you give a sacrifice. Well, that sacrifice is only good enough to cover the sin that you've already committed. And if you're like me, as soon as you turn outside the door of the temple, oops, <laughs> time to go back in, right? And so that was part of the, the cycle that I think that they felt they were on. They never could break this pattern of always having to go back and ask for forgiveness and, and give a life, shed blood for the forgiveness of their sin. These shepherds, they were part of, of that system of worship. It was their job to prepare these sheep, these lambs, for the Passover and for other Jewish ceremonies. They had to make sure that these lambs were without blemish and they were completely unharmed. They would wrap them in cloths. They would be born in mangers to protect them before they would be sacrificed. And so as they're doing their job, out of nowhere, here comes this angel from heaven and he, he appears to give them a wonderful update to what's going to happen. And they might not have known it yet at the time, but heaven was hand delivering to these shepherds a message that this time of animal sacrifice was nearly over. And man, what joy it was that they were the first to know that. I want us to look back at verses 10 through 12 again. Now the angel, he announced this to them. Well, first they're terrified. So he says, do not be afraid. That's, that's some comforting words, right? Uh, but he announces this good news. And this word good news is actually where we get the word gospel. Um, it's actually the Greek word. I won't say it, but anyway, it's, it's really where we get good news, the word gospel. But this is gospel that will cause great joy for all the people. I mean, at first they're terrified, but this message that they're delivering on this dark night is one that will cause great joy, not just for the Israelites, not just for these shepherds, but for all people, for you and I as well. Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine the, the fulfilled hope that they felt as they heard the words in verse 11 that the angel spoke today? Not, not someday, not one day, not, not a day that's coming, but today, today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, and I don't know if you've experienced this in life, I have not, but if an angel appears, you're probably going to listen, right? And it's because these are the very words of God, Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the Christ, the promised Messiah, the one that the shepherds had heard about through the prophets of old. The Savior of the world has finally been born. Animal sacrifices were no longer going to be necessary very soon because Jesus would be the ultimate and the perfect sacrifice to pay for mankind's sin, that once and for all payment for us, for our, our, our death, through his death and his resurrection, because he is our Messiah and he is our Lord. Not only does this moment cause joy for the shepherds, I mean, imagine that, the joy that they felt. It causes joy as well. This was, this was a moment that all of heaven had been waiting for, of God's plan to now come into to fruition. 
You see, the angels in all of heaven, they know God, they commune with him, they, they see what beauty and what perfection and perfect love that he has. And they've seen this tremendous heartache that God has felt for rebellious mankind. They desire a lot like God for the world to return back into that right relationship with him. And they knew that God had a plan. They knew that he doesn't just go willy-nilly through life, but that he had a plan. He knew what he was going to do. And guess what? That plan was beginning today. Today. And so this unnamed angel, he delivers a message. Uh, and then all of heaven, all of heaven breaks out in this song. And they say this in verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. First, they say, glory to God all the way up to the highest part of heaven. He deserves it 100% because of what he has done in the birth of Jesus. I think ultimately what they're saying is that God has lived up to his wonderful and good reputation. Who God has claimed himself to be and who God has shown himself to be in the past, God is living up yet again to who he is. Charles Wesley uh, wrote a, a hymn that we sing at Christmas time, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And drawing from this scripture, he actually originally wrote these words. He said, Hark how all the welkin rings. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't use the word welkin all that much um, anymore. I used to, but um, this phrase, welkin rings, actually means this, and I love this. The vault of heaven makes a loud and reverberating sound. The vault of heaven makes a loud and reverberating sound. And this message that, they, that has been delivered, this thing that God has done, really does reveal the power of the king who has come. God has done something big. Now the angels, after they've praised God for what he has done, they praise God for this new initiative that he's bringing about to restore and to redeem this relationship with mankind that was lost because of sin. Because of the birth of this king, there will now be peace, true peace on earth because of God's great love for the world. This peace, which Jonathan spoke about last week, I, I encourage you, go back and listen to those sermons, those first two sermons in this series, if you haven't. But, but the Greek word for peace here is irene. It's in your bulletin. But it's not just kind of the absence of war, uh, and it's not even just some inner circumstantial peace that sometimes we're able to find this calmness. What it really is, it's a holistic peace of of everything, of everything. We receive this true peace when we have a, a restored and right relationship with God, with God. And because of what God is going to do through the life of Jesus, that's where we find redemption and restoration. And as Isaiah says, Jesus truly is our Prince of Peace. Isaiah writes of, of the Messiah to come and that he will bind up the brokenhearted. He'll reclaim freedom for the captives. He'll release from darkness the prisoners. He will comfort those who mourn. 
for the year of the Lord's favor has arrived. That's what we find in Jesus, a baby born in a manger on that special night. And that's why the angels rejoiced. That is good news. So we're told that the shepherds, they they hurry off, right? They hurry off and they find things just as the messenger of the Lord had told them. They find this baby in a manger, the place where lambs would have been born. He's wrapped in cloths, the very cloths that they would wrap lambs in to keep them from blemish. This, this, this was the Messiah, the lamb who would take away the sins of the world. The one who would redeem. And, and I think they would have been like, this is unbelievable, right? And yet it's so, so true. So, so true. They had a front row seat of what God was doing in this new thing. For over 400 years, there had been silence from God. The last time a prophet had spoken. And now here they are on bended knee before this baby in a manger, beholding the very presence of God with them. This child, Jesus. Verse 18 tells us that they go and they start telling people about what they had seen. And it says that the people were amazed at what they heard. My question is, are we amazed at what God has done? Are we amazed at what God has done? I think that it's so easy for us to let Christmas come around each year and we just start going through the motions. We hear the same stories over and over again. It's like they never change in the Bible. We sing the same songs every year. We eat the same Christmas dinner, right? Heaven forbid we change it up. But there's all of these rituals and routines that we go to that I think that sometimes we forget the true meaning, the true just joy that is found in the message of Christmas. Are we truly amazed that God has sent his son to this earth for us? If you're here today, and I want you to leave with one thing. If, if you don't hear anything else I've said, I do want you to hear this. The unassuming Savior comes to an unlikely people displaying the unfailing love of God for the world. And this good news is cause for great joy. The unassuming Savior comes to an unlikely people displaying the unfailing love of God for this world. And this good news is a cause for great joy. This baby born in a manger, not some military, not some political figure, but this meek and mild, very unassuming child is our Savior. This is God in the flesh come to us. Very unlikely people, okay? Like, I, I have no status. I have no merit. I don't deserve him. And yet, he comes. And he comes displaying the, the unfailing love of God. God's relentless pursuit through the ages of mine and your heart. He loves you. He longs for you. He wants to restore that relationship with you that was lost because of our sin. For you, for me, for the world. What this is, is it is good news. Just as what the angels said when they all rejoiced, that this will cause great joy for all the people. Knowing what God has done in sending his Savior to us, showing us his heart, 
that causes great joy. I love the Christmas hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem. I absolutely love it. I think it's just steeped in a fantastic theology around the birth of our Savior. But there's a line in the, the first verse that always sticks out to me. And it's the line that, that our quartet, thank y'all so much, uh, that they finished with uh, a few minutes ago. You'll, you can see the whole verse in your bulletin. But it just finishes with this. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Would God remember his people? Would he bless all of the earth? Would God restore creation to what it was and the relationship that it had and the beauty that it all encountered before the fall? The answer is yes. And he does so in Jesus, in that little town of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years, even your years, were met in thee that night. I think that a lot of times at Christmas time, we, we fall into one of two camps. I think that either we, we live in ignorant bliss that it is the most wonderful time of the year, right? Or we really do live in the reality that it is a hard and heavy time of the year. How could it be the most wonderful time of the year? But here's the thing. It truly is the most wonderful time of the year. Why? It's not because uh, some song tells us that it is, but it's because of the truth and the hope that Christmas gives us that this isn't the end. Jesus came once and he lived a, a perfect life and he gave him up like a lamb to slaughter on that altar for you and I making peace between us and God because of the, the price that he paid for our sin. And we celebrate that at Christmas. But we also look with an expectant heart for what's to come of his, and of his coming again here to this earth. Our hope isn't just in an event that happened in the past, albeit that is an event that changed the course of everything. Our hope also looks forward to when Jesus will come back again to this earth and he's going to right every wrong and he's going to wipe away every tear that we have and he's going to usher the kingdom of God here on earth forever. You see, in Jesus, we find peace and we find joy for today for what lies ahead because God has done a thing and he's going to do it again. After the shepherds saw Jesus with their eyes and found things just as they were, as, as the angel had told them, it says this, it says, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. And, and then I love the way that Eugene Peterson kind of translates it in, in the message. He says that the shepherds let loose, glorifying and praising God. Knowing that the Savior of the world has come and that he will come again, it should move us all to, to let loose, to, to, to have joy, to praise and to glorify God. The prophet Malachi, I love this. He speaks of the Messiah to come and he says that he will rise with healing in his wings. Now listen to this. And you will go free 
leaping like calves led out to pasture. Let that mental picture linger for just a minute. A calf, newly born, in a stall. He's been cooped up in there, hasn't been able to run free. And all of a sudden, the shepherd comes, opens up the door. He's able to go and he's leaping and frolicking and what joy that calf has. God and his son Jesus opens that stall door to you and I. That the release from our sins, it gives us freedom and new and joyous life. I can imagine that that's exactly what the shepherds looked like after they had seen Jesus. Running with, with joy, glorifying God because they had received a very unexpected gift. Jesus might just be that gift that you didn't know you needed. Receive him in. And let's be a people who let loose as the shepherds did and the angels did because of this great news that God has done and of what God is going to do. Let's pray. Father, we are so, so grateful for your good news. Lord, it's better than any news that we will ever receive. So God, I ask that we would take it and, and let it become part of who we are, Lord. That it wouldn't just be words that, that we receive and they, they go to our ear and they come out the other, Lord. But it would be a, a truth that sticks with us and transforms us, Lord, because of the love, the great love that you have for us. And Father, this Christmas time, as we uh, go through all of sometimes the, the craziness and busyness uh, that this season holds, Lord, I ask that you would help it be different this year for us. Lord, that we would truly know the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Help us to let loose, glorifying and praising you, God, for what you have done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll go ahead and stand, we're going to sing a song of response. If you would like to pray, you can pray where you're at. You can come down front and pray at the altars. Uh, Kim and I will be uh, up front and you can wave us over if you'd like to like for have us to pray with you. Uh, but let's sing a song of praise to God. Because he has done something in Christmas and he's going to do something again. Let's sing together. <laughs>